Welcome to a brand new episode of Reality Breached. Uh, this is uh, our, our third episode in our in our uh, coronavirus self quarantine like nightmare dystopia future uh, that, that, that <laughs> you know that we're working on. Uh, this time we're talking to Jarius Thomas, the unapologetic geek. How's it going? Man, it's going good. It's funny that you uh, brought that up, like dystopian <laughs> timelines and all that kind of shit. I've been watching like mm-hmm. a lot of different TV shows with a lot of different uh, settings. But one thing I thought about is like everybody who's podcasted, are we just calling this the coronavirus saga? Kind of like uh, the old 90s X-Men show when it yep. was like something going on. It was a saga or Dragon Ball Z. Everything was a saga because shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I never imagined something we would would stretch to the point that it's affecting my actual life you know yeah. as, yeah, as far exactly. removed from that kind of shit as we usually are it's so weird yeah man like dating back uh like the, the last crazy kind of world altering situation but it really wasn't world altering it was more so the united states was um 9-11 of course yeah and it, it, it's i didn't i was a kid so I wasn't really impacted all that hard by 9-11 just from a day-to-day life uh, standpoint. I mean, yeah. over the over the course of time, of course, we were all affected because a lot of different shit happened. And, you know, it impact, impacted the internet and technology going forward. But for the most part, we didn't really feel the effects of 9-11. But this shit, coronavirus. Dude, like they didn't they didn't make kids stay home from work for from yeah. school for like three weeks because of 9-11 yeah dude three weeks <laughs> yeah shit three <laughs> three months yeah it's, it's gonna be a long time i was just thinking about um how long it's been since i've been in the actual office at this point and it's it's been a minute man like um <laughs> can i just get into like my journey yeah, yeah, like 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 I've talked about it twice already. So During tell me, the era in, of COVID. in the land of Georgia. Oh my god! All right, so I moved here first of all because it was the land of opportunity, or so it seemed to present itself for myself and my family. Uh, we've been here since June, of course, and like <laughs> we would get up. My wife and I would get up. We would look at the news every day, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even leading the news. It was like the third main topic of the news. We learned about some local bullshit before then or whatever crazy thing Trump said. And then we would get to COVID-19. And I mean, one time I saw a guy, it's this, this one personality uh, around here. He goes like different restaurants and he does all the zany shit. You know, you always got that one anchor that just does all the zany shit, like getting in race cars and going and eating a giant 18 foot Philly cheese sandwich for whatever reason. So that guy would get more coverage or more time on the air than COVID-19. <laughs> and now I had to travel with my job and uh, I had to get on a plane to do so. And as the weeks were, you know, coming up on it, they were like, look, this shit goes from person to person via contact and uh, airports. You probably don't want to do that. And so I reached out to my boss. I was like, you sure you want me to go? They were like, yeah, man, it'll be all right. Not a big deal. So I treated it as such. Not a big deal. Man, when I got to Florida, all hell broke loose. I, we got done working. 
I was back in my hotel room. I was watching the Dallas Mavericks play against uh it was a, it was a pretty good game. I want to say the Grizzlies. Yeah. And uh by the way, shout out to to Luka Doncic. Like he's he's fucking ridiculous. But anyway. <laughs> and then halftime comes up. And I got the Bleacher Report notification that they delayed the Jazz in the uh Oklahoma City Thunder game. And all of a sudden Breaking news comes up on the game I'm watching, and they were like, this game has been shut down due to COVID-19 because Rudy Gobert tested positive for it. So I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> that French motherfucker. Right, exactly. That bastard. <laughs> and so that happened, and then all of a sudden, breaking news on my screen again this is ESPN, and they're like, oh, shit, they shut off the game that you're currently watching. It's over with. <laughs> so... You know, we'll play it at a later date. If we can, goodbye. And so that's how that went. And when that happened, it's like it was it was the first domino. Then you start hearing about other soccer uh, competitions were shutting down. Then it became a contest of which celebrity has COVID-19 now. And then it was <laughs> it's just been a, a constant domino. And, and keep in mind, I'm hours away from my family. And I reached out to my boss and I'm like, yeah, we need to figure out what we're going to do as far as working going forward because the NBA just closed up shop. Now, I know we have our own business that we're doing, but that's the NBA, man. <laughs> they make mm-hmm. billions of dollars. So if they're shutting down, we probably should think about work from home options. Uh, fast forward to now, of course, everybody is working from home. The streets, the traffic here in Georgia, I've never seen anything like it since I've been here. Like, it's it's the stark difference from before this got bad until now. It's crazy. Like, 6 o'clock traffic and 8 o'clock traffic is non-existent, period. And uh, yeah. I don't, I live about 45 miles away from Atlanta, but I know people closer to Atlanta. They're like, it is nothing there. No cars or anything. Like it's it's a ghost town, essentially. So just imagine a, a city that big being virtually empty day to day. Yeah, yeah. It's like real. I, I've been to Atlanta a lot and every time yeah. I'm like this fucking traffic. <laughs> exactly. But, but now you can just zoom through there. Like and and the thing is is what I'm what we're experiencing here is very similar. Like traffic is much lighter than it usually is. But there's still just the stubborn. So many people still just out there traveling, going places. Like, I shouldn't be hitting as much traffic as I am for yeah. where I am. <laughs> the only reason we don't have as much traffic is because so many people are having to work. They're, be- they're being forced to stay home because so their job is that way or their kids are there. So here's where things get a little hazy here. While I was in Florida... I developed, well, before I went to Florida, I developed this slight cough. <laughs> Just a little cough. It wasn't yeah. like every time I sat down and did anything, I was coughing. But it was, you know, I noticed it. Now, keep in mind, all of this shit is happening during allergy season and technically during flu season. So I had this <laughs> cough. <laughs> okay. All, around Thursday, it really kind of, you know, it was getting bothersome <laughs> on Friday. I was like, what the fuck? And then on Saturday, I could not stop coughing. 
to the point where at the airport, I went and got some hauls because I wanted to mask the cough because I didn't <laughs> want anybody to go into a state of panic on the on the um, on the plane. And so I did that, got home, caught a lift home, got back to my family. Everybody was my, my wife was really happy that I was back because, you know, she was worried about, you know, different things. Um, and I was cool on that Saturday. I was cool for most of that Sunday. And then at night I got chills and ended up having a fever. All right. Yep. You've got so the runner. Now, now we're, you know, my wife is like, oh, shit. God damn it. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much how it is around the house. I think my dogs were looking at me a little funny. I, my daughter just basically decided to stay away from me. And I ended up going to the doctor at like 3.40 the next day. And the reason I ended up going so late is when I tried to walk into a, a place, all the doctors were sent home. And so the reception was like, Look, we can schedule you a, a over-the-phone appointment, and then we'll tell you if you need to go to the doctor, and then we'll go from there. And that's what I ended up doing. Man, I got tested for the flu because I had some of the symptoms consistent with both the coronavirus and the flu, mm-hmm. but I had more systems, symptoms consistent with um, the flu than the coronavirus. And one of the uh, people who tested me... Um, the doctor just said in the cases that they've seen, nobody's had both at the same time. It's either going to be one or the other. So that's why they feel confident that I didn't have coronavirus when my flu test came back positive. Never been so happy to have the flu in my life, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I went through that that bullshit. Uh, and then and during this time, my office just made everybody 100% remote at that point. And was like, look... I and my team who was with me were treated like patient zero. So anything <laughs> and everything to do with me was immediately exiled from the office. Did they handle the quarantine <laughs> from there? Uh, but yeah, that's how I ended up home. Uh, and honestly, I'm fortunate to be uh, with an organization or in a situation where I can still make money from home. I really feel bad for the people that you know, are going through this and dealing with this and they they had to be let go essentially because their jobs aren't capable of allowing them to work remotely. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like the, the service sucks. industry right now is kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's a sad situation just the more I think about it. Now, there are, uh, there's a, a, a shelter in place order here. Mm-hmm. But, and like, you know, people are saying like, yeah, you can go get takeout and stuff like that. That's where we are right now. So you got places just staying open because they're like, yeah, people are going to want ice cream right now. You know, who wouldn't want <laughs> some basket robins during the pandemic or, or something like that? And they're finding ways, you know, to say, hey, we, we're still necessary uh, to be open. But you got like those other places and, and stores and stuff that while they're not essential, I mean, they're, they're still businesses. So, uh, we'll see how everything goes, uh, with the whole, what, how $2 long? trillion dollar. <laughs> the, yeah. 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 We'll see how that goes. But yeah, man, I'm just, I'm sending out positive vibes and prayers to, you know, people who are, are impacted way worse than anything that I'm dealing with. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if 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 you you the the knowledgeable uh, unapologetic geek that you are, mm-hmm. what would be your prediction on how many months from now will you be able to say, you know what, I feel like it's back to normal? Well, uh, I mean. With the way 2020 is going, I'm a little nervous about an alien invasion starting tomorrow, you know, April 1st, <laughs> because with every month, it's gotten progressively dire, but uh, just in a in grounded reality, <laughs> I think it's going to be July before we can even go back into a building with more than 10 people, let July. alone, yeah, let alone, you're talking about normalcy? Yeah. <sighs> normalcy? I mean, to, for to the point where it's feeling normal maybe I, maybe october maybe like we'll we'll not stop when somebody sneezes or coughs too many times yeah. in a row like it's going to take some time to be i mean this is this is a a um a culture changing event yes yeah yes it's absolutely a culture sh- there may be, not be a situation where we come out of this and it's exactly the same yeah yeah no not at all uh one thing i'm hoping though is that um, we appreciate face to face and uh, you know person to person activities more? Like yeah. I, I want to tell you one thing that I'm missing that um, I always love to do, but now I'm feeling like I took it a little bit for granted, and that's going to the movies. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of all the things, that's one of the things that I'm like, man, I can't wait to go to a movie again. To to essentially, excuse me, to essentially do what I'm doing now, which is sitting at home and watching TV, but <laughs> to do so. <laughs> I want to do it in a different screen. building, damn it. Yeah, exactly. Like this is in the and it the reason another part of where it's a culture changing event, man, it's affecting everything. Like the movie industry shut the fuck down. Yeah. Yep. All the way down. To the point where like TV shows are and movies are being pushed the next year that were just coming out this year. It's it's insane. I saw a um a uh report where it's this guy who sells movie props in uh Atlanta. Uh-huh. And you know, Atlanta has a couple large studios here. Yes. Um and he's saying, Man, I, I went from just making a, a ton of money every week to nothing like he had his employees just reorganizing the warehouse where all the props are one day and like it's just he doesn't he he knows that this is bad he knows how bad it is and he himself even said you know i kind of took this for granted at this point like nothing could happen to make this shut down until it did yep so yeah it's it's life altering man like this is this is one for the history books, most definitely, especially with what that guy in the White House is doing. Oh, I don't even want to get into that stuff, man. Yeah, no, no, I'm out. I'm, no, I'm not discussing. no, no, no. <laughs> well, like the, the good news, like the nugget of good news, is that while everyone is stuck at home, they can't leave the house, can't watch movies, can't go get a meal at a Mexican restaurant, they can stay at home. And watch the documentary of the decade. Oh my god. Tiger King. Look, documentary of the decade, and it's just the first year of the decade, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Like nothing will top this. Nothing. It it can't, it can't be done. Like so the way I heard about it, 
was uh, my wife's cousin or a couple of her cousins. We're just talking about this this crazy documentary. <laughs> and they were just saying different things. And I, I, we, it was pretty late. So I was like, look, let's just turn it on and check it out. That introduction where they kind of run through all of it in like two minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're looking at this crazy character and then they start talking about a plot to kill one of the other crazy characters. I was like, okay, I'm so locked in. Dude, Joe Exotic is, is nothing like him. Like, it's so, he him as a person is so crazy, you couldn't write that. That's how you know it's real. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. There's certain things that happen, like, there are movies I've seen and somebody says a line, one of which comes to mind is uh, Denzel Washington Training Day, the part where he goes off. And one part that he's in, in one of his lines is you disloyal, fool-ass, bitch-made punk. Nobody wrote that. <laughs> That's something that somebody has to reach down deep and say. Thus, is, That's why he earned the Oscar that he got. And so... I'm looking at at Joe Exotic, and I'm like, you can't, you can't craft this. I, I dare. One thing I haven't seen anybody say is they think it's fake, because there's no way you can make that up. No, no, th- there's no way this is fake. And every episode is better than the last. Like I, every time you think that they couldn't get more ridiculous <laughs> and more off the wall, something else happens. I tell everybody the best episode because what I like about the documentary is that it builds its characters first and it makes you see everything from one side and then you see it from another side. That's a testament to a good documentary when you have both sides of the story going in Mm -hmm. and they do a great job of building Joe exotic up. And I can't remember the other guy, the guy with all of the wives, they, they, kind of builds Joe Exotic up and tear him down, the guy with the wives and tear him down. But that Carol Baskin episode. Carol fucking Baskins. That episode when they talk about or they kind of lay out why people think she fed her husband to tigers, it's perfect. <laughs> it, I mean, that, that episode is perfect, man, from top to bottom. And by the end of it, you're like, She's the craziest one out of all of them. And no, I truly believe that. that. I don't oh, believe dude. that. I don't believe that at all. Dude, do you know the the best kind of villain, but also the scariest, is one that no matter what they do, they believe in what they're doing. Carol Baskin clearly believes she's the good guy here. Yes, she does. I'm and, not saying she's the good guy. I don't think she's the craziest. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> no, it's, it's perilously close. Like she's that quiet crazy. Joe is that ha ha showman type crazy, and the other guy's kind of sleazy crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> but Carol Baskin is regular. Hey, how are you doing, ma'am? Batshit crazy, man. Like the the scene where she's talking about them having tigers in cages while a tiger is in the cage behind her. Come on, man. <laughs> Carol Baskin is she is like if we were making a video game about crazy cat ladies, she would be the final boss. Yeah, and the the doctor that I was thinking about, uh, or the other person is Doc Antle. That's yeah, the guy yeah, with the, yeah. with all the wives. Yeah, so now he's again he's crazy too, dude. Carol Baskin might be the best villain since Thanos, man, and Selma. 
<laughs> she might be the best villain to assist Thanos. And then well, they they lay out all of the things that you know point to her allegedly feeding her her husband the tigers. But the thing that gets me is with his disappearance, she became a multimillionaire instantly. And everybody, I like the range of, of stories, like how much was that guy worth? Mm-hmm. It went from anywhere from 10 million to 20 million. But the only person who really knows is Carol because she's spending the money. Yeah. And dude, the the thing about her dragging Joe through litigation, and, and it's just the way they built that story. The, the guy who made the documentary, I mean, I think they have what primetime Emmys for that or whatever, whatever award he could get. I think he should be nominated for it because he does a great job of crafting the story and building attention in just the rising and falling action. Everything that he does, it was perfect from beginning to end. It is perfectly edited. That's what I said on on Facebook. It's it's a masterclass in editing because when you first start the documentary, it's like, oh, it's a quaint documentary about a quirky tiger guy. Yeah, Oh, there's more tiger people? Oh, look at this. And then one person just just subtly mentions, oh, and she killed her husband. Yeah. And, and then, then you immediately you cut into the, the entire up upswing of that storyline and evidence, evidence, no evidence, no investigation. <laughs> yes. It's like, what is going on? And then and then a whole nother, you know, episode passes and, and, and there's then then there's the arson, then there's the accidental suicide, <laughs> and then there's it's uh, crazy, like, man. Yeah, you know, they wild. talk to the wife that left the guy with the three wives. Like it's and, wild, man. And and how many how many years pass about four or five between when the guy started filming because there's no way he could have thought he was going to get all of this. This was just going to be about Joe. That's yeah. the other you know thing that there has to be in mind. This guy spent years following this story and he got all of the best parts of the story on camera. Yeah. It's kind of like it, um uh, it also helped that, mm-hmm. that Joe was filming everything as well. Yeah, and then he had his own reality TV guys filming everything. So there are cameras all through his zoo. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this documentary called Wrestling with Shadows. Whether you're a fan of wrestling or not, it's worth watching. Uh, it's the documentary about Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. It's really more so about Bret Hart. And he's being followed around as his contract with WWF is about to be up. And he's considering going elsewhere. Well, what the guy ends up catching is the moment where uh, called the Montreal Screwjob, where Vince McMahon set up to force Shawn Michaels to beat uh, Bret Hart after Vince McMahon told Bret Hart he's not going to let him lose in his home country. And you get the immediate fallout. You get to see Bret Hart spit on Vince McMahon when the (laughs) show is over. You get to see the aftermath of when they got into a fight in the locker room. And that guy couldn't have known he was going to catch all of that on film. He was just following a, a wrestling icon around and that's essentially what happens. Sometimes the best documentaries from what I've seen are those where the the guys who's filming kind of looks into a controversial moment. But yeah. this guy, he, he looked into some controversial years <laughs> and he got to see the story. He got to see the story through from beginning to end. And I mean, look, man, they, they set Joe up. Can we agree with that? They did. Like, he probably deserved to be in jail anyway. Yeah. 
But come on, man. But yeah, Jeff definitely set Joe up. Like Jeff set him up. Who's the other guy who didn't even like Joe? Um, oh, the the guy the the, the, <laughs> the groundskeeper. The oh 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 the, the the one who he allegedly paid. Yeah, that one. And then to hear it on video, to hear on tape that they that he says, yeah, he gave me the money, and it should have been more than than you know what I asked for. But yeah, I took the money from him with the promise to go kill somebody. This guy isn't an informant or anything. So he said he had the intent, but when he knew he was being recorded, which, by the way, Jeff strategically let him know, you're being recorded, and I need you to say that Joe tried to pay. <laughs> like, what? what is this? When I heard that, I'm like, look, if he still went to jail after that bullshit, they just wanted to put him in jail. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, he was, he, they had him for a lot of different, like, charges. Yeah. Yeah. But the man, and, and they, from my understanding, it sounds like the prosecutor wanted to get him in there for the the attempt attempted bounty, but they knew or they expected to keep him there with the tiger um, charges. Yeah, to me, it sounds like they didn't even expect the the uh, the payment, the hitman payment, to even be what they get him on, and they kind of just looked into that because the jury believed it. Yeah. Well, yeah, the 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 fix was in on Joe, man, from the get go. Ah, oh, man, like, <sighs> Took his... was, like Shaquille O'Neal shows up in this damn documentary. Shaquille O'Neal is in Fucking, the documentary. He dragged Shaq into this. Dog, it, it, <laughs> that's the best cameo. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is Shaq doing in here? <laughs> Seriously, but it's. And then, I mean, it's it's some sadness in there. Like tigers are majestic creatures, and kind of to see some of the stuff, like the idea of them being sold off to these undisclosed locations and all that kind of stuff. That's that is sad. There's some sadness in there. I think uh, Carol, and really, it's it's more so exploratory of the situation with exotic animals in the United States as a whole, even with real zoos and sanctuaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what they were or that's part of, of what was supposed to be reflected in here. Like you have these majestic creatures in captivity, but Joe, Carol and, uh, and doc, none mm-hmm. of them deserved to have these animals. Like this, no. let's just make that clear. None of them deserved it to have these animals. To me, none of them really have the means to truly take care of them. Uh, but if Joe's in jail, the other two definitely deserve to be in jail. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Let's 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 talk about Joe the character. Oh, absolutely. The because man. because you know, there's the story, there's the controversy, there's the, you know, the the enemy is and there's the fourth nature of the entire documentary between him and Carol. <laughs> yeah. But for Joe to be the basically gay crazy version of Kid Rock. <laughs> that is, is exactly what he is. <laughs> And for him to act so eccentrically and still be able to pull in all of these people to be basically his right hand men. Yeah, he did. He had people willing to die. Probably a girl got her arm fucking chewed off by a tiger and came to work the the same week she got bit. Yeah, like for Joe. Th- for Joe, that's what it is. Like, dude's 
cult of personality is unmatched. Yeah, it is. I've never seen anything like it. Like and, he can he can just pull you in to the point where he had straight men uh thinking that they were gay and marrying him. Yeah, he married like, two straight men. Two straight men. Possibly three. We don't know about the third oh, one. Oh yeah, I forgot the other guy. The other guy I think was actually gay, but he kind of tiptoed in the line between being gay and like, you know, I just like Joe. That's crazy. <laughs> that is nuts, man. When they got to that part, because my wife mentioned it at one point that the second husband possibly wasn't gay. I just accepted that the first one was gay. But when it came out that he was he ran off with one of the other workers there, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> like, like you can't again, you can't write this stuff, man. But it's gonna be a hell of a parody one day because somebody's gonna make it. <laughs> somebody's definitely gonna make it. Uh, I, I I've been thinking a lot about this documentary since we watched it, and uh, now mind you, I it's only seven uh, episodes. Yeah. I sat down at eight o'clock at night on one night. And I was like, let me see what this bullshit's about. And you couldn't get up. You couldn't and get up. And I watched the first five in the, <laughs> like, back to back to back. I would have watched the other two. What is it? Not two in the morning. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, you came, the next day, you know, when you got settled, I'm sure you finished the last two. Oh, absolutely. I didn't watch anything else between it. It's hard to stop watching it. Once you uh, once you start on it. And it's an easy binge. Easy binges are the best. You know, yeah. you're not committed to multiple seasons and all of that. Um, but it's just, it, it's fantastic. And Joe is like, he really is a guy that you could see yourself when you see him, you could see yourself being entertained by that guy. Like he probably has the best stories. He could probably drink everybody out of a bar and <laughs> he's just probably a cool dude to hang around. Honestly. Yeah. But and, and the more I think about it though, the more inspiring he is. <laughs> like you can be anything you want to be. <laughs> this guy came from fucking nothing, and <laughs> w- w- he wanted tigers, so he went and got tigers. He wanted a zoo, so he made a fucking zoo. He wanted a country album. He paid someone to make one for him, and then he got to sing in country videos. Exactly. Like, every single thing this man wanted to go do, he just fucking did it. The only thing, I mean, he even ran for office twice. It, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he would have won. He probably would have won. Knowing Florida, he would have won something if he aimed lower. Knowing <laughs> <laughs> Florida, he would have won if, something. If, By the if, way, he would've, if he would have ran for like the mayor of Jacksonville or something. I wasn't that far away from uh, Tampa. And like everything they showed of Tampa, like in in that documentary, that's how the rest of the surrounding area looks. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's basically what Tampa looks like as a yeah. person. But thing is, he was in Oklahoma. I'm talking about Carol Baskin. Her whole situation in Tampa, the rest of Florida looks like that for the most part. Uh, but just, goddamn Joe, man, they need to free Joe. And you you heard that they're looking into the disappearance of her husband now, again. Yeah, yeah. They revived the cold case because of that, and it's to my understanding that Doc He's uh, under investigation still. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, in a couple more years, we may have a follow-up documentary. Yeah. like the, Actually, that was the last twist in the entire documentary was, okay, they caught Joe. Joe's in jail. And he's like, fuck it. I'm turning on everybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> he just rolled on everybody, man. Everybody. And deservedly so. I mean, they set him up. 
They set him up and got him out the way. And the thing is, he was he was doing when he was switching the deeds over to people, mm-hmm. he finally switched it over to another con artist. And that's ultimately was was his undoing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean overall, I highly recommend it. Uh it's a masterclass in editing and storytelling and character building. So, and I mean, it's all real. That's the craziest part of it. I saw a meme where they list out all the crazy shit that happens. And then at the end, they're like, oh, and all of this really happened in yeah. real life. It's a documentary. Yeah, it's it's so fucking bonkers, man. It is. I almost want to watch it again. But now I'm, uh, I'm going to give you a couple binges that I've seen since this whole thing started. Uh, Tiger King, uh, Ozark season three. My wife and I just got done with that. That's amazing. Uh-huh. If you like, you want to talk about bunkers, uh, crime stories, Ozark is definitely one to check out on Netflix. Um, and now my wife is in the midst of binge watching all of Living Single from beginning. From the beginning, I'm pretty sure it's going all the way to the end. That's on Hulu. And okay, I was wondering where that was. We're watching The Outsider on HBO now, which has been pretty good. And it's very weird and creepy. The Outsider. What? Yeah. Who's uh, in that? Jason Bateman. He's, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, okay. okay. He gets accused of, of this heinous crime. And even from the first episode, they put a seed of doubt that he didn't do it. But I don't know where we're going to end up. But yeah, it's it's pretty creepy right now. Like, I can say it's, a, it's based on the Stephen King uh, book, I think. And yeah, so far it's, it's very unsettling. Like, yeah. So I know I've seen some other things. I've seen a ton of movies at this point, but by I, the uh, end of it, I don't know how much content I would have taken in. You will have taken in all of the content. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like, I just finished watching a uh, Watchmen. Oh, how, how'd you like it? I liked it. Yeah. Um, but I wish it hit like it hit pretty hard, but a lot of it I just was it, f- it fell flat to me. Okay, that's interesting. You know, like like I I, I, I liked how uh, overtly controversial they were. Very. Like, yeah, like the, the, the I dug that a lot. It was clearly but, on purpose. But but all of the uh, like Doctor Manhattan love story shit, I could give two shits about. I like the way they did that. That's actually I, one of my I one of my not. favorite episodes. I like the way they they played that up. Uh, that really the only thing that could beat him was his love for a human. So that's that's something interesting. Yeah, it's cheesy, but it was just something interesting about that. And I love the finale, the way it all ends. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> the I will say the uh, the beginning of the season, like those early episodes. Mm-hmm. Definitely outweigh what they end up doing, but you know that's the case with a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not a big deal, but uh, yeah, it was that was pretty good. Um, I also, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, and it's just very surreal and funny to see wrestling shows being conducted without the crowd. And now you see how big of a deal the crowd is when it comes to that kind of thing. Like you got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, Stone Cold was on an episode of wrestling recently. Anyway, Stone Cold <laughs> is talking, and he usually plays off the crowd like some wrestlers just do that. 
and it's like silent, so they got to figure out these quirky things to kind of keep the show going. And the the fever pitch or or the apex of all of this is WrestleMania is this weekend, and it's not going to have a crowd. That's this is a, I thought that was last weekend. Or no, was it, is, they, is, is this coming weekend? Is this coming weekend? They filmed it a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like they should not be. Like wrestling, wrestling should not be a thing right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it shouldn't. But you know they're pressing. No, I mean it's Vince McMahon. It's a, uh, my understanding. Reporters come out that Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar got into a big blow up uh, during the filming of WrestleMania about like why the fuck are these people still here working during the pandemic? Like, old man, give it a rest. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. R- wrestling should not be doing this. Yeah, they shouldn't. But it's Vince McMahon. Like when I heard it. And they were floating around rumors of WrestleMania shutting down. I was, you know, this is fucking Vince McMahon, man. There's no way in the world. Not Vince. <laughs> There's no way in the world he's going to shut WrestleMania down. He'll have that in, in Joe Exotic's backyard before he lets it shut down. There's <laughs> no way. Again, life-altering situation we're in right now, man. And it's yeah. touched everything, especially sports. Yeah, yeah, like they the fucking. I was enjoying the XFL. Uh, me too. And they just completely pulled the plug. They're like, "We'll be back next year." We hope. Yeah, they came. It was the day of the last broadcast. Well, that's it. Uh, to be continued, maybe it was one of those. Yeah, situations. Like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? But you know, wish us luck. Bye. And now, well, I tell you this. ESPN was saved by the NFL a couple weeks ago. Yes, yes. The NFL threw them a bone. A huge, huge bone, man. Like, the NFL free agency, which I, I know we're, we're, I guess, we're at that discussion now. The oh, NFL, yes, let's bring it. <laughs> dude, the NFL free agency, the first day was insane. But, and ESPN finally had something to talk about because ESPN had become pathetic. And they still kind of are. They're playing old 30 for 30 episodes, which kind of uh, voids out buying ESPN+. Plus. I just want mm-hmm. that to be known. Um, they just decided to release the Jordan documentary early, which I'm very excited about. Um, but they just had nothing. And then we went through several days of will the coronavirus ever end to now, you know, when the NFL came with their – their massive situation, which was started um, most irresponsibly by Bill O'Brien, the head coach for the the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. they threw him a bone. And I mean, okay, maybe you can, because nobody else can make sense of it. What sense does it make to send DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for a ham sandwich and a delivery driver? <laughs> it, it doesn't. It Like, it doesn't at all. Like, I have yet to hear someone make a decent case for that trade making sense. When that trade went through, the first article I saw when I clicked on Bleacher Report was Bill O'Brien has to be stopped. Like, Bill Bill O'Brien is not a bad coach. He's probably a bad GM. He's a horrible GM. Uh, Who allowed him to do this? Like, the the only thing I can can imagine is they shipped him away to send a message that they don't want to pay wide receivers. That's a dumbass message. That's a dumbass message to send. First of all, DeAndre Hawkins is a 99 overall in Madden. 
He was a 99 <laughs> overall in Madden when they released the game. It's not like they retro, like they did Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. They didn't, well, no, they didn't give Lamar Jackson, but Pat Mahomes definitely is a 99 overall. They retroactively gave him the 99 overall. DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what? Dude. The, the, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. When I saw it, it's one of those like if it happened to the Cleveland Browns, I just would have laughed. When it happened to the Houston Texans, I was genuinely perplexed. And I thought it was a hoax. And I went searching on Google to see if anybody else could confirm it. And they sent him for nothing. Like what what's the uh his last name is Johnson. Yeah, J- David uh, David Johnson? Yes. Yeah. Of a yeah, a, a busted out, Fantasy worn out and running back. Yeah, yeah. Like David Johnson had been good in at least two years, at least. And he's washed up, man. He's not gonna. It's not gonna be something where he looks at all the haters. And he goes out there and he subverts expectations. No, he's washed up. He's done. He's done. And you just sent him away. I mean, you just sent him to. Uh, to Houston, or you brought him in to Houston, and you sent away arguably the best receiver in the NFL? Ridiculous. I thought it was crazy when Antonio Brown ended up going from a Super Bowl contender to not mention it at all. This is up there. And then the reason behind it is because the man wanted to get paid? Stupid. Stupid. If you can theoretically – you can win a Super Bowl without like highly paid receivers. Theoretically, yes. Like it's happened. It's happened recently. Yeah, absolutely. But dude, when you when you're sitting on probably the number two receiver in the league, and at, at worst yeah, he's number two. At worst, yeah, he's number two. You no, <laughs> you can't just, <laughs> you just don't him, do that. Especially I, when you have a competitive team. I wonder how many teams. Didn't know a that he was on the trading block, and b it would just cost a, a washed up wide receiver. I mean, not wide receiver, a washed up running back and a and a pick that doesn't matter to get him. Like, I wonder how many of those GMs are infuriated right now. Oh like, yeah, like, dude, like, why didn't you call me, dude? The Saints. I know you guys would have given him more than that to have DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Thomas. Shit, I don't know if we could afford it. Ah, shit. Look, we're man. always maxed out on the cap, dude. Dude, fish find somebody. I mean, come on. They probably would have given him, given apparently they just wanted to get rid of him. So anything you would have done probably would have worked. <laughs> hey, let's go through a list of teams that really could use that guy. The Cleveland Browns, I mean, they were going to fail with him anyway, but hey, they could have used him. Yeah. My charts could have used him. Yeah. <laughs> I know the, e- the, the Eagles, the, the Patriots, the Patriots. Like it's so many teams they could have used him, and they're probably pissed off. Like uh, I saw, there was an article where other GMs were just quote, were being quoted as saying, first of all, we didn't know that he was being shot, and secondly, Bill O'Brien is an idiot." And of course, <laughs> it was an anonymous NFL GM that said, "This is he's an idiot for doing it." And I mean, this is his last year because they're going to have a losing record. This is it. He's out. Yeah. No. No. Like they could still have a winning record. He's still a good. Practically speaking, he's a good football coach. Dude, he is the reason they didn't go to the Super Bowl. 
because they would have beaten the Tennessee Titans that next round. He's the reason why Pat Mahomes got to come back. Uh, I don't know about all that. Have you seen Pat Mahomes play play quarterback? Yeah, I understand it, but come on, man. I hate when coaches start, and Kyle Shanahan did this twice in the Super Bowl. I hate when coaches start playing not to lose. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Taking your foot off the gas, that's that's just it's ridiculous. But Bill O'Brien, you know what? They can't fire him this year because if you fire him this year, you're acknowledging that he shouldn't have been in a position to trade D-Hop anyway. So, yeah, you're right. He'll he'll survive this year. He yeah, will. he'll survive this year. Yeah. Um, and if and the thing is, is if they have a winning record, he'll be forgiven. Yeah, I don't know, man. Or 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 if they win if they win the division, he'll be forgiven. What was the guy's name that uh he had all those uh, Marty Schottenheimer, I think. Mm-hmm. He had all those winning records with the Chargers and like we went 14 and 2 and, and cut him. Like we had to get rid of him <laughs> because he couldn't win a playoff game. <laughs> that was crazy. That was surreal, man. You got cut after a 14 and 2 season. Shit. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the big free agent signing. Tom. Tom Terrific. Yes. Timothy you know, Brady. Yeah, man. Timothy Anderson Brady. Look. I mean, he's going to Tampa. And there's no way he's going to throw for 30. And I mean, he's not going to be a 30 for 30 quarterback. Like, no, he's not. No, he's not going to be. He's not, he may have an all-time season, but he's not going to be a 30 for 30 quarterback. Uh I got him going twelve and four, right now. Twelve and four. Yeah, I got him going twelve and four because that offense is ridiculous. It like, really is. I looked at, I, I play fantasy football as do you, mm-hmm. and I had James Winston on one of my teams. Oh god! And for like three weeks in a row, I saw him score thirty-five points on my bench, and I said, "Holy shit, I got to get this guy in the game." And believe it or not, James Winston got in me. Was able to guide me to a championship in, in that particular league, but because of how ridiculous and like one time he scored thirty eight points, and he had like three interceptions, and I'm like, this doesn't look right, you know. He mm-hmm. was Jameis Winston had an all time season that will never be mentioned on television, and no, no, he'll only be mentioned as the thirty thirty guy, dude. Yeah, that, that's his legacy now. I decided to watch Tampa Bay games because I had to see this for myself. And <laughs> when you witness it, Sergio, it's, it's completely different from looking at a stat sheet. Like, he'll go out in one drive. One drive, he threw like a, a beautiful 45-yard bomb or something to, I think, Godwin. Or, or it was either Godwin or uh, who's the other guy? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. It was one of them. He threw a bomb. I mean, he he put that shit. I mean, if you would have told, if I just would have seen the the ball in the air and it landed in the receiver's hand, I would have thought Aaron Rodgers threw that. But then the next, literally the next drive, I saw this man throw an interception. Yep. And, and it was an unreasonable interception. Like it's the mm-hmm. interception where you look at the opposing team's player at the defender, you point at the defender, acknowledging that you see him, and then you throw the ball at him and let him catch it. That's the kind of interception that he threw. Yeah, It was it was one of those things where ESPN, they were just having fun talking about it, about the games, and the games were wild. And you're going to replace that guy, who honestly, I think Jameis under Bruce Arians in two more seasons turns into a different quarterback. 
I don't know, man. Like, if 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 anything, him being under Bruce Arians showed what kind of quarterback he is. <laughs> because because all of the stops were pulled out, that he had no other excuses. Nobody. He had competent, amazing receivers yep. and a coach that knows what he's doing. And what do you do? You throw thirty fucking interceptions. Thirty for thirty, baby. Thirty for thirty. Yeah. So so, so next year with with you know Tom Brady taking over. And him for the first time in his career having two super confident, uh, competent receivers downfield, two tight ends and a decent running back lineup. That's yeah. like we we've seen Tom Brady with no breaks. When when he got Randy Moss, they said, "Look, just just wing it, man. You can throw it downfield as much as you like." We've seen it. He broke the record during that season for uh, touchdowns in the season. Now you're giving him even more weapons. Yes, he's older. I, I acknowledge that. Yeah, it's not going to be a lot of slant routes and stuff, but the reason it's not going to be a lot of slant routes is because you got two star star receivers, essentially, like as far as their talent, running up the field, man. Look, I don't know. He might be an MVP contender. I don't know if he'll win, but he may be an MVP contender with this team. So I – of course, out of all the teams that I've seen, that's the one I'm most excited to see is Tampa Bay. Uh, maybe not so much you, considering their division. <laughs> True. Uh, I, I I think we can handle them. Like they're beatable. I say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the and the Saints are equipped to beat them, so I'm, I'm exactly. not I'm not that worried about it. Uh, exactly. I can't. But wait I, I, I I think this is I think this is the first year that Tom Brady is going to show some age. I can see that too. Yeah, yeah, because 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 Belichick has been hiding his age for a couple of years now. I think that's the thing I'm most excited to see. It's it's kind of like who was right this season between the two of them, and Belichick is going to get uh, more of a more leniency. Um, he has a a lower margin of error because he's lost a lot and he didn't have a whole lot in the first place. But at the same time, if they exceed expectations, you know, he's still he's still a genius, which he already is. The thing with Tom, I mean, if he comes out there looking like Peyton Manning that last year in Denver, sh- shit. <laughs> like, like Peyton Manning looked terrible that last year in Denver. But at the same time, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. That's the other thing. Yeah. He won yeah. the Super Bowl that last year in Denver. So it's it's just it's madness, and it's madness that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Ty Gurley, I want to see if he can revive his career. With no, he can. He's he's got, he's got bad knees. I done. think it's over with. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, it's over with too. Um, the most interesting piece that has not landed anywhere is the piece that I believe was done completely wrong by his organization. And it's Cam Newton. Uh, I was wondering if you're going to say Cam Newton. Yeah, I I think he's going he's going to uh, New England. May as well, right? Like him or Jameis Winston. <laughs> if he look man, Bill Belichick can make Jameis Winston go from thirty for thirty to a division win and maybe an AFC championship, I'm laughing my eyes out. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm like I'm going to be rude for him. Like it's a Disney sports movie. If that's the case, <laughs> um, I'm pissed off because I wanted Cam to come to LA uh, to the Chargers, and then they let us sign. Um, no, we didn't sign it. We we decided to stick with Tyrod Taylor, yeah, and, which it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I like Tyrod, but I don't like him that much. Like we got a, a young core 
we got all the weapons that you need to to make a, a deep run. And Tyrod is cool, but he ain't Cam. And or, he's not, and he's not even Philip Rivers. Like he's not even Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, but I like Teddy, but he, you know what? You're right. He's not even Philip Rivers. By the way, that I I can't wait to see how that goes with the Colts. Like I think it's going to go really well. Me too. I think like, so it's it, it's it's going to be fun watching uh, Philip Rivers play quarterback while still standing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Like the NFL has has taken so many it's taken on so much of a different shape, but now I'm hearing that all the remaining free agents um want to go to Tampa now. So oh, maybe no they're shit. getting ready. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're getting ready to put together a super team and we'll see we'll see just how everything goes. But yeah, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to the the next NFL season. And I just wonder how long this whole thing with Cam just being out there lasts. Because the money has been spent, essentially. Like, I don't know, maybe it is Bill who ends up getting him in some kind of way he does something ridiculous like call Antonio Brown again. I don't know. But, like, the only reason he wouldn't get signed by somebody is if his health doesn't come back. Like, like, like if his, his physical you know, show some stuff that they don't want to see. Other than that, he's m- more than capable of being a franchise quarterback anywhere he, he goes. He is, man. He is, and they, like, they they didn't do him right at all. No, not at all. Classless, even. Mm. <laughs> I mean, seriously. It but was, it, but it's, it, well, it, the thing is, it was, it's very much a Peyton Manning situation, though. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Peyton Manning, when he was in Indianapolis, he had, what, four neck surgeries? And you're supposed to risk the future of your franchise on that guy? Yeah. yeah you can't do that. Can't no, do that at it. all. But what's funny is, like, Carolina would even trade it away to guys that they was entertaining as being the start of the future, too. Like, Carolina said, fuck this shit, man. <laughs> they just they just let everybody go. They're like, look, man, we're going for Trevor Lawrence, baby. Tank. They 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 got a brand new uh, owner, and he's just like, yeah, fire everyone. Oh yeah, that's right. They got rid of the yeah. other guy because of some controversy. Yep. Yep. They uh, what was the guy? The name of the guy who was uh, with the Clippers? They pulled one of those moves on him. The uh, owner, uh, Donald Sterling. Yeah, <laughs> got him the fuck up out of there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, like like I said, I can't wait for the NFL season to come back. Uh, assuming that it comes back relatively on time. Um, what's very interesting is, and I want to ask you, what do they do about the NBA? Oh, that's that's a really hard thing to answer. Like. I don't want this season to just be a wash. Like, it oh, was LeBron way... doesn't either. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Uh, like, to have all of these players be under contract for this season and this whole season be a wash is basically these franchises throwing that money away. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think should happen. Assuming we're all... Because here's what I've heard. They're saying if if um, like large gatherings aren't approved by say June or so, but smaller gatherings are, they're gonna resume the season without fans. I think that's a relatively good idea, but it should be kind of in a uh, 
I don't know, kind of a preseason sort of way because these guys have been off for a long time and will have been off a long time if we get around to June. I am in complete agreement with the season um, starting. Well, I'm entertaining starting it at the postseason when it comes back. No, they got they got to get about two weeks worth of games. Okay, two weeks worth of games. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. two weeks worth of games, then the then the post postseason. Right. Let it like let them play it deep into the the. But then you have problems with like scheduling, like these arenas. Yeah, and it is a problem. But here's the thing. Yeah. Like some some events are going to be out of the way. Like there's a, a because only usually the only sport around uh, if it's a, a time for the Olympics, which have been moved to 2021, or uh, during baseball, which isn't played in the same stadium as a basketball game, right? So it, it it is a good time to even entertain it. It is. So it's it's yeah. one of those things. Like I don't know what all goes into it. I'll, I'll say that. But, but th- th- no, but but every think of the contract like hoops that are going to have to be jumped through yeah, just lot. to make it happen because yeah. every single arena has. Like it has a contract with the NBA that covers X number of days. Every other day on the calendar, these those arena owners are busting their ass to fill that place up. Yeah. Even if it, even if it's like a like a fucking um, Pearl Jam concert that was supposed to be in an arena, and they're like, no, we need a basketball game here. Like that creates a huge it does contract problem. It does. And so, at what point? I mean, does the NBA just pay that money? To whomever it's supposed to be for, like, look here. Yeah, I, I guess we're bigger than you, so here, just take this shit up. Just take this <laughs> and, and and play the show Thursday instead of Wednesday. Like, you remember there was a conflict one time between the New York Knicks and some artists. You remember that? I don't remember that. I think a a, a game got postponed or something, and the Knicks uh, organization. No, it wasn't the Knicks. It was somebody in the playoffs. That's how I know it wasn't the Knicks. It was some team. <laughs> it was some team that wasn't was supposed the to be in the playoffs. No, uh, or it was like the Clippers or something. It was something like that. They was they weren't supposed to be in the playoffs, so they scheduled this concert. But then the team ended up getting in the playoffs, and one of their home games is going to be the same day as this other concert. It was hilarious, and they ended. I think the NBA ended up paying them, and like, look, man, just. Chill out. <laughs> it's like we got this team in the playoffs that nobody thought was going to be there, and they, I think they ended up paying the, uh, whomever it was uh, for it. And it was it was like a smaller scale concert mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, it was a it was a, like it wasn't a big deal, but it was pretty funny to just see it come across ESPN. Yeah, I can't remember that team. I had to look that up. But yeah, and, and, and yeah, that's that's like I guess they benefit from everything being canceled right now. Yeah. So it's possible that the NBA will be the first one at the negotiating table. Yeah, um, yeah, because for one, they were having a, a pretty dope season before it got shut down, and everybody wants to see the finish of it. And then if if they come back, and you got everybody basically playing in the playoffs in their preseason bodies. <laughs> that's 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 pretty good TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's it's. I just I just can't imagine. Like, take uh, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like, he's he's only got like what another year on his contract. Yep, after that one. 
And so the Lakers just they're just shit out of luck. That's why you just don't want to call it. You you just don't want to call it unless yeah. now here's something really crazy. This this one is really crazy. I just thought about it. The NBA preseason, and it's normal time, which is around September or so. Mm-hmm. Let them play the play preseason games. But when we start with October, we finish off the current season. Playoffs and all. And then the next and, season kind of serves. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. maybe Just, even and, change the way the, the playoffs are played. Like make it th- one through 16 and uh, probably like a five-game elimination tournament, something like that. Just something, you know, to, sure to kind of compensate for it. Sure would be nice to have a shorter <laughs> postseason. Oh God, yeah. yeah a shorter yeah. postseason and a shorter regular season. Like th- That's what's going to happen is this This is going to force the NBA to have a shorter postseason and people are going to see the benefits of it and that's going to encourage change. Same yep. thing with baseball. This is going to be the first yep. season where baseball's like, we, maybe we don't need 160 some odd games. Oh, baseball is going to be awesome when it comes back. Guarantee it's going to be awesome because it's going to be it's going to be abbreviated, greatly abbreviated, by the mm-hmm. way. But it's going to give people a taste of you know a, a taste of what it could be if they just made some changes. And that's happened to another sporting event or sporting league, and I can't remember what it is. But they ended up having a short season, and it was awesome. Yeah, was it? Um... I want to say it probably was hockey. hockey. Yeah, hockey. it was hockey. Hockey had a shortened season one time, and oh it was yeah, hockey because of the season. because of the the holdout or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it ended up being an awesome season. It kind of helped it to bounce back, honestly. Yeah, it's just so weird. This is literally pr- probably the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. <laughs> it is. It's it's surreal. That's a word that I often go back to for it. It's just surreal. The only thing that comes close, we talked about it, is nine eleven. Yep, and it was like it, it the was world this. was business as usual, uh, yeah. usual within like uh, three days. Yep, but it wasn't this man. Like, dude, again, I think it's July, man. Dude. Before we can even go in office buildings again, I'm going July. That's not cool. Don't 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 put that don't put that out in the world. I'm just saying, man. Unless unless something turns around quickly, like look, uh, here's the thing: people are, are celebrating China bouncing back. China's been dealing with this shit since November. It took them time to bounce back. Mm-hmm. That's what, like six months, four months, yeah. five months? Yeah, took them about half a year. And there's more of them than there are us. Way more. Meanwhile, uh, in Europe, Italy, Jesus, in in Spain, like. By the day, you're having people just get taken out by this thing. Yeah. And like it's it, when it scary as it sounds, like, okay, China is the first domino as far as us coming back. Mm-hmm. Then that domino falls over to the next area. They got it. And then after that, it's the United States. Yeah. Like that's, that's normally how it goes. God forbid if it mutates in China while everybody's bouncing back. But the thing is, they'll be so far ahead, like they'll understand the current mutation, they can counteract it. Well, the the, the thing is, is I've I've listened to a lot of podcasts about <laughs> viruses and shit this this past week, and yeah. one thing that I learned is that it's never the strongest case that 
mutates and makes it to the next level. It's ah. always the weaker case. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, because the, when you have a strong, like, fatal disease, the the, the patient either dies and can't spread it, or they get oh, quarantined and sense. can't spread it. So it's, it's like it's at its apex, so it can't really mutate to the next level. Well, it, it, it can't mutate because it's not exposed to as many people. Gotcha. That makes like, sense. Like, the, the, the ones that, that end up mutating and living for fucking 30 years are the ones that... <laughs> You know, get passed from child to child asymptomatically. Mm-hmm. You know, through all of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then suddenly somebody in Chicago has it. Like that's 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 just how diseases work. So yeah. once Look we get you. past all this shit, <laughs> it it w- this version of you know sickness is going to fade into the background with the rest of them mm-hmm. and become just part of our ecology. Ecology. That sounds right. It sounds and like, yeah, maybe you may know what you're talking about. Yeah, and <laughs> we just have to get past it. Like one person was like, "Well, I don't want anyone to get corona." I was like, "Actually, we need a lot of people to get corona. Yeah, we just don't want them to all get it at the same time." Yeah. yeah, the the problem is we don't want them to all get it at the same time. So yeah, that's when it becomes an issue. And let's see. Right now, I'm looking. I, I check the numbers like every day. There are 188,000 cases in the United States. That is the highest number in the world. I bet it is. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but um, three thousand eight hundred and eighty-three Americans have died. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a um, I don't want to say silver lining. I mean, you know, I you don't want anybody to die, but that's just not the world we live in. But yeah. it's the probability, the the figures on the probability of death, it kind of it offers some um, consolation. No, right, right. Not right. a lot, but it offers some consolation. I was listening to Nick Wright today, and he just he went off because Trump said something like, "If we're lucky, we'll just lose a hundred thousand or something like that," and he was just like, "Why the fuck would you say something like that?" Like. <sighs> Come on, man. It offers some kind of, of tact with what you're doing. We understand he has no situation. tact. He's... Of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't, man. Like, d- regardless of if you're a fan of the guy, you have to agree. Motherfucker can't speak. No, at all. But there are a lot of people that, I mean, come on. You you don't have to agree because it's supporters show us every day that we. <laughs> 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 you don't have to agree on things that's obviously there. It's all about, I mean, the, the fact that he came out and said it was a hoax. Like, he's handled this abysmally. And then you find out later on that he knew about it. It came across his desk in November. That's the biggest problem. It yeah. came across his desk in November, and somebody recommended shutting down international travel until uh, everybody overseas figures it out. And the consequence of doing that, man, you, you said yourself, you look at the numbers every day. Dude, I looked at New York's numbers. No, New York is screwed. I mean, they're at the point where they've closed the state. Like it's it's like that meme, um, the meme that's going around from Infinity War, mm-hmm. where Tony Stark says, "Sorry, Earth is closed today." That's yeah. what New York is right now. Yeah. Man, that's New York is nuts, and Louisiana is almost inviting the damn thing to come there. Mm-hmm. It's yep. crazy, man. But from what I can tell, Georgia has done a pretty good job. 
of handling it. Um, Florida, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> like California has done a good job. I mean, it's, it's several states that you know those hot states that mm-hmm. have done a pretty good job of controlling it. I've heard um, Texas is doing okay too. Yeah. Well, uh, also, also you you have to calculate in there the the reason people would be visiting those states. Mm-hmm. Like, look at Mississippi. Like, Mississippi only has like nine hundred cases of it. <coughs> which but, is, yeah, excuse me. Which is still out of control. But yeah. yeah. But like, the the reason there's only nine hundred is because we live far apart, and no one wants to come here to give us a disease. <laughs> But there are a lot of people that will go out of their way to be out to catch the disease. Yeah, yeah, because because we, our lives have not changed drastically. And so I was going to ask you. I mean, you you asked me how things are out here. Like, what what have you noticed day to day? Just you know, in your area, like the businesses are more cautious about things like. Uh, plexiglass is, is hanging in front of uh, convenience store clerks. Um, the, the, the the Kroger has uh, a dedicated dude at the you know front door who's like, you want to squirt? And he just like squirts you with a little uh, yeah, hand we sanitizer. Got, we have a dedicated person that's wiping down all of the buggies when they come in at Kroger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? As the traffic isn't nearly as bad, but that's because of the forced closings. Yeah. Um, so what about um but here's one thing that I thought was interesting. I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday. And the way they I mean, if you're gonna trust anybody to handle your food, it's gonna be them during a pandemic, right? Yeah. Um and the way they had it set up is they have two people outside, one person takes your order and they hold the card scanner up for you to scan your card, and mm-hmm. the person next to them gives you a receipt, and then you pull around and it's a person at the window. And he's the liaison between the person handing the food out and you. So <laughs> he has gloves on and he gets my food, hands it to me, make sure we don't touch at all. <laughs> and he gives me the food and everything like that's it. And I'm like, look, of all the giant throws, that's the one that I think is handling it the best. It, it, but the thing is, is they're handling it the best. But at the end of the day, one person at that Chick-fil-A gets coronavirus you have an outbreak. Oh, it's a, it's a wrap, man. Yeah. It, it's there, there is no outside of just shutting everything down. There mm-hmm. is no way to keep it from spreading. Yeah. Then they'll end up delivering your food with drones or something like that. It, well, then who, who put the fucking food in the bag? Yeah. Look, man, I'm telling you, if anybody's like, going to figure this out, it's cheap filet, man. Like ultimately, all places. The, the, the ultimate, the, <laughs> the right <laughs> answer here is to start, like start your own ranch, get some fucking cows, <laughs> get yourself, yourself. some chickens, and, and and make your own damn food. Grow some green beans and some corn and shit, and and just stay off the grid. Or just don't worry about getting corona that bad. Man, let me get a bow and arrow, start hunting my food. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up. Oddly enough, man, I said, look, if there's any place that's safe to go, it's in like those uh, more backwoodsy parts of Mississippi. Like those places where, you know, you got older people who own their own land and all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, you 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 all do pretty good unless some idiot brings it there. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. 
those are also the poorest people who don't have you know health care and yikes and, and <laughs> will immediately die when they get it you know so yeah because they won't go to the doctors They're like no it's just a cold yeah It'd be too expensive uh, okay okay we're let's wrap this up <laughs> jarius yes when when am i going to get a new episode of your podcast very soon very yeah. soon i got a lot to talk about man I may even touch a little bit on Tiger King, but I'm I'm just I think the next thing that I'm gonna do is just talk about all the shit that I've been binging and how crazy this world is right now. So the COVID nineteen saga will be coming to the unapologetic experience. Let me tell you, man. I uh I came out here and I did something that, you know, I was already doing in Mississippi, but it just got maximized and I got here, and that's working a lot. And so with working a lot. You don't have as much time to do the things you, you know, love and like putting out podcasts. But now that everything is getting shut down and things are kind of slowing down, I'll be able to record more. So soon and very soon, you'll be getting that. Uh, you can follow me, of course, on the Unapologetic Geek on Facebook and the sister page of that, the Unapologetic Experience, which is more so geared toward the podcast. So how's that for a silver lining? <laughs> like, like it took a pandemic, but we're going to get more unapologetic experience. <laughs> exactly. Look, man. I mean, look, and then he knows uh, quite a few people uh, are actually looking forward to me doing an episode with my wife again. So that's something that we're going to work out and put oh, together. Yeah. 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 Even though like the, the whole plan was, oh, we got these great movie passes from, AMC for like $25 a month you get to see three movies a week and as soon as we got it and we were really taking advantage of it like I saw 1917 I saw um, The Invisible Man and I saw that movie uh, came out like around Valentine's Day um, <clears throat> The Photograph mm-hmm. and we were on a roll man when I came back from Florida we were going to go see Bloodshot we were just going to see everything this bullshit happened. But it, the, the whole point of it was she and I were just gonna do a whole lot more episodes together, just about movies and stuff. And I mean, we can do it with TV shows and everything that's that's coming on um Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all of that. But god damn. <laughs> like we already dropped that money for that for, for the past. We dropped the money for the past, man. We really didn't even get to, to take advantage of it. But yeah, like I said, more is coming soon. Uh, and you know what? Maybe we should do a podcast together just about the impact of this thing on Hollywood. It's something I, I want to talk to um, somebody about, and I guess you'll do, uh, <laughs> just just to talk about all the movies that we're getting screwed out of this year. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So. Well, Jarius, as always, it has been a good time. Well, thank you. And uh, I guess for the listeners thank you for listening and tune in next time i have no idea if it will be about the pandemic or not i don't know so if you have any ideas uh just 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 reach out and let me know and you know where you can reach out you know what we got we got a phone number i heard about that i started doing a prank call i may still do it hey that's fine that's fine (laughs) Call, call uh reality breached at our brand new phone number let me find that number really 
Well, I don't have it really. memorized. What, like, what, what, what is this, 1986? Yeah, like, you're, you're right. I, I, I'm, I'm backing off on that. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I only know three numbers. Mine, my wife's, and my mother's. I know That's one it. number. <laughs> no, two numbers. I know my, my current number and the last number I had. <laughs> That's just trash. <laughs> that is garbage. <laughs> Now, like, if a number came across a screen, I could be like, oh, yeah, that's my wife's number. But I couldn't just <laughs> rattle that shit off from my memory. Trash. God damn it, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Come on, man. That's your homework assignment, man. Just memorize your wife's number. It doesn't even have to be anybody else. It's just your wife. <laughs> Come on, man. Dude, I, I tried. I tried. I tried. I'm bad with names, and I'm bad with numbers. All right, so have you found the number? Because I think I bought you enough time. You, you, you'd think so. <laughs> uh, let's see. This computer is very up. Here we go. <laughs> and it won't open. Come on, open. God damn it, open. Garbage. This is trash. Don't call Tra- it. Tra- <laughs> no, call it. Is is one eight hundred reality pandemic? <laughs> I, I cannot believe it's taking this so long to open a fucking image. I can't what is wrong with this? Eyes. What is? Come on! Is <laughs> the man? You better not cut this out. You better Piece not cut any of this shit out. Computer, come on! I know it starts with six oh one. I mean, you should, huh? Let's see if I can find it. Let's go on Facebook. Jeez Louise. I can't believe this guy. All right, Reality Breach. It's a podcast, of course. I got it. 601-351-5208. I repeat, 601-351-5208. Give us a call. Ask us anything. Leave us a message. Tell us we're full of shit. Uh, to, like yell at me and tell me to go to medical school if I want to talk about pandemics and shit. Just drop us a line. 601-351-5208. Also, one more thing. I just saw the meme where it says that uh, that Demolition Man might be the most accurate portrayal of the future. We gotta talk about that shit. Because this is mind-blowing. Do you, do you know how to use the three seashells? The who? The three seashells? Yes! Yes, first of all, I'm a huge fan of that movie. Secondly, I didn't realize that this was the case until I saw this meme. We got to talk about this, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk like about the, this. Like, like the real shade in that meme is the Wesley Snipes joke. The Wesley Snipes part at the end is, is very disingenuous, and I wish you would take it back. He, hey, they did let him out of prison. I mean, he is, but God damn it. It's, it's like it's factual. What's funny is I saw that movie the night before I had to come back from Florida. I was watching it. Really? Yeah. It's too much shit going on right now. All right, man, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, well, tune in next time. I am Sergio. That is Jarius, and this has been Reality Breached. What was the name of this one? What, what, what did I name this one? I named this one. Uh, oh, The Unapologetic Pandemic. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm using that shit. All right, bye, people. Hi. <laughs> right.
Thanks for listening to Reality Breached. Don't forget to check out our other podcasts, The Black Pocket Podcast, The Unapologetic Experience, and Shellheads, a TMNT podcast, all available at realitybreached.com.